Welcome to Health from the Heart podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Lily Hartwell, a licensed naturopathic doctor on a mission to catalyze the journey toward overcoming your autoimmune disease. We'll show you the tools and how you can grow through this podcast. We will start out this episode with a little disclaimer that it might not apply to everybody and some things may already be intuitive for some of you, but listen along and I hope to share a little bit more about not only what I've been experiencing, but what a lot of my patients experience. So if you tuned into the past couple of episodes, you learned about the secession of burglaries that we experienced at my office, and obviously that deeply impacted me, and I've shared a bit about that, but it also deeply impacted um, my ability to obtain safety and security within myself, and it was very traumatizing for me as, as a human experiencing particularly being an empowered human experiencing trauma. I started developing PTSD symptoms and some of my ongoing conditions that we've been treating that have been really well managed decided to flare up in that time. And then I manifested some completely different health challenges and what I experienced was a resurgence of chronic fatigue. And I bring this up because I've been working on my autoimmune journey and supporting autoimmune patients for so long that I kind of, I think I was a little far removed from what it felt like to be that chronically fatigued again and how disempowering it is and anyway. It's a little bit about that journey. I've I've gathered some insight that I hope helps people who are still going through that. Um, I am feeling a lot better, but that's the beauty of the work that I do and being um, really conscientious about owning what I need to do and what I get to do to work on myself so that I can continue to show up for my patients. And I will just do a small plug to say... Um, Sometimes chronic fatigue patients and those that are struggling with any level of fatigue at all have a lot of trouble giving themselves grace. I can see my patients can be really hard on themselves. I can be really hard on myself. It's something that I've worked through a lot now over the years, but I did find myself during this period being exceptionally hard on myself um, because I do have a, a pace and a standard of life that has become normal and expected from my students and my patient population and my mentees. I am the faculty lead for a mentorship. That's a whole, a lot of these things that I experience on a daily, day-to-day basis, I don't share too much of um, because I don't know that it would be of much interest or super relevant, but I wear many hats in my daily life beyond just being a physician And that is by design. It is by purpose. But I did find that going through this resurgence of health challenges, I was able to maintain my same student schedule, my same teaching schedule, take on new students in some of my private programs, 
continue going through our launches um, that we have every year and now we're out of launch season completely and I'm having more time to rest and recuperate and focus on some of the big exciting goals that I have for the business that are probably rolling out right about now and to focus even deeper on being proactive with some of my patient care because I am finding that some of my patients who are being co-managed by other people um, are not receiving the level of care that I thought that they were. So then what comes on my end, the commitment that comes on my end gets to be a little bit more rigorous and I welcome it, but it's important that I get to check in and not having the energy um, to do all of these things has definitely forced me to scale back shortly slowly on how I show up but um, in other regard I have taken on a lot more commitment and I'm really proud of myself for that and I think it's important that all of you that are listening that resonate with this also give yourself a pat on the back because we so often forget to honor just the simple fact of having gotten out of bed I mean there's, I think sometimes we just forget to celebrate these small wonders um, while some of us are going through such challenging times in our lives and for some of us never have seen before in our lifetimes. So getting back to the whole aim of this is how to be productive when you have chronic fatigue. And the first thing that I'm wanting to allude to is celebrating yourself. I find that We so often celebrate the small achievements of others. Like think about your children or in my case, my dog, when she does something just so smart and so loyal and she's such a good girl and I give her a little reward or um, affection of some kind for me, maybe you do this with your children or your spouse or whatever that may look like in terms of your life. I find that we don't do that for ourselves. And so... Productivity hack number one, which I've said on this podcast before, is celebrating yourself and grounding it in an action can be really helpful. And for me, that is high-fiving myself in the morning after I have gotten up on the mirror. I'm just, I do a quick high-five and then I get my day rolling. And for me, that's celebrating, wow, another day here and another day that I got out of bed because there have been times in my life when I just literally did not have the energy. My autoimmune conditions were out of control, unmanaged, and I was not able to get out of bed. That's a whole journey for another time that we've definitely addressed here on the podcast and I, I speak a lot to in my private programs. But celebrating with a quick high five in the morning, celebrate yourself, it's great. Um, if you, now for me, some of these things I do in the morning because I have found that that is the time that I can tune in, tap in, and be the most productive no matter how I feel or how much sleep I have gotten. Um, So if you're a morning person, I think it's helpful to just identify your most optimal time and, and schedule as much to be done in that time as is reasonable. So for me, I do a series of things in the morning. I think I walked through my morning routine in the past on the podcast. I can't remember if that was something we just discussed doing um, or if I actually did that. I think I did that. But 
for me, I do a lot of these things in the morning. For you, it might be an afternoon evening thing. Um, and it oftentimes depends upon how you've had your morning structured. I get up really early, like 4 a.m., 4.30 a.m., 4.45 a.m. When I was younger, I used to get up even earlier um, and go off and do other uh, work and then go tune into my clinic shifts. And so I schedule a lot of my um, extracurricular commitments for other aspects of my work and my jobs before my business hours for my business. So I can get a heck of a lot done if I'm getting up at 4, 4.30, 4.45, or 5 in the morning um, before we technically start business, open business at 9. So for me, I'll do the high five, and that's something I can consistently do. And then I start thinking about what actions can I take consistently to complete my tasks, to make progress on my tasks? I usually will have three big things that I'm looking to complete that day and three smaller things. Um, and I, if I overload it with more than six key things, I do find myself getting a little bit more overwhelmed, especially when I've been in my more fatigued state. Um, so I just get to celebrate where I am and meet myself there. And I hope that you all can do that for yourselves as well. So start thinking about what actions can you take consistently to complete your tasks. Like for me, my bear is always chart notes. It's it's a whole thing. There are I am a thorough person. I do a lot in a single appointment. And so my charts are lengthy and there's a lot of aspects to them. So I may have to make several passes um, and I don't get everything done in the initial appointment. So consistently an action that I've been taking is working on my chart notes every single morning when I'm fresh. Now a component of that too is it's not very interesting for me all the time to like rehash four and five times what I've already completed. Um, so that may be a component for you. Is it boring or is it uninterested? Can you make that the top priority task so that you're using the most energy that you have for that in the day and then you get to move forward with things that are less intense? For example, after 4 or 5 p.m., I, since I get up so early in the morning, I'm usually pretty spent, so I do everything that I can to be as productive as possible before then, and then I just know and I give myself that wiggle room that if I haven't completely conquered something by 3.30 or 4 o'clock, now I, I try to do, it's like usually 4 or 4.30, but some days during this experience, it has been 3.30, and that's just how it is for me, and I have to just honor that <laughs> that's how things are, and I hope that you are as well. So for me, mornings are the more productive, heavier set where I want to get the most tasks done. And then the, I will have afternoon tasks that are still just as important, but maybe it's sitting down and t talking to you all. Like I'm recording this podcast in the afternoon at 2.45 in the afternoon. I already recorded an earlier podcast this morning, but that was like a bigger topic to tackle. And a couple of other things that I do for my private programs, I did some calls for that and mentorship meetings and worked on charts and prepped for patients and saw someone. So there's all these components and moving pieces. And I have found that by taking small, consistent steps, honoring those small, consistent steps is the most important 
part for me and I hope that you can integrate that into your schedule as well. And the other thing is I spend a lot of time in preparation. I just mentioned that I was doing patient prep earlier. I spend a lot of time preparing to do things so that when I do have the time and space and the bandwidth with which to complete something, a lot of it is already prepared. And I think I've spoken to that before because I do have ADD and it can be really intense if you are chronically fatigued and you have ADD and you're starting and stopping so many projects. So now what I have begun doing is, and I think I've actually not just begun, but I've been leaning into this, is I've been curating a loading zone is what I call it, of tasks that I am in preparation for. And sometimes I forget what the task is. So I have a slew of post-it notes everywhere to tell me exactly what my mindset was when I curated something. Like for example, in a week or so, I will have a bunch of patients that need something in particular. I have started curating bags. So over the weekend and in the late evenings when I'm pretty spent on my brain energy, I will put together these bags that tell me clearly um, the initials of the patient, the date with which I'm meeting with them, what this pertains to and sometimes it's like handouts or things that came up in a previous appointment that I wanted to curate a new set of information for that maybe I didn't have. I do that quite often. I'll be in an appointment with somebody and they'll inquire about something that I know a lot about but haven't grounded into a handout and so then I will curate a a brand new handout and then I can disseminate that to multiple people and so in that process I created initially a loading zone for that Now, the tricky thing is if you have children or pets or clumsy spouses or clumsy roommates, however that may look for you, I have a particularly nosy little precious um, golden doodle. I've taken to calling her a -a sneak-a-doodle. She sticks her head in any bag of mine. She's very interested in the bags and what's in them and is convinced that there's something in there for her, a treat of, of some kind. And then she has a thumping tail. So... The loading zone I originally had for these bags has been completely sparred by her excitement. So then I get to move them to a different space. But if that is a consideration for you, try to figure out a helpful location for the loading zone. And if I can just give you that little tidbit, um, maybe it's in a cabinet, maybe it's high up away from whatever you're trying to protect the loading zone from. But I have five or six loading zones now where I have projects Um, beginning and sometimes it's like if I'm going to make a certain type of tea or if I'm going to make a certain type of herbal remedy I'm going to start to get the ingredients or start my list or start thinking about a day when I can make it all the way down to a specialty market to go grab something and then I've got to start washing all of the amber jars and make sure everything is appropriately sterilized and getting ready that's just one example of a project that I'm currently working on so I have a separate loading zone for that because it's more fragile and if Yerbita my golden doodle got into it at all she would splatter and it would put all this glass on the floor and I'd I do everything I can to protect her little paws because her paws are kind of sensitive because we go hiking so much. She gets things in there in the crevices, the nooks and crannies. So the loading zone can be really helpful. Doing a lot to prepare so that when it does come time to take action and you do feel like you have the energy to take action, um, like particularly for the project I was just alluding to, I have to do a lot of standing and cutting and mincing and preparing and cooking. 
and I have to have bought ingredients and they have to have been processed. So there are several stages to that. And then even after I put that herbal remedy together, I get to take care of it every single day for six weeks. So I have to have a commitment and know that I'm going to be in town enough or that I can take that thing with me enough um, to take care of it appropriately. So planning, planning, planning can be really helpful so that when you do have the energy, you can seize that energy. And I also, in addition to, you know, chronic autoimmune fatigue that you may be experiencing, it's something that is worthwhile to discuss that we are in certain seasons and there are seasons of the month where like large chunks of the month where it is rest time, inward time for me. So I might do more contemplative, slow preparation. Um, and then there'll be other times of the month that I'm really ready and raring to go and can exert that energy without, um, exhausting myself and not being available as fully as I would like to to be present with my patients and my students and my family. There are a couple of other things that I do, um, but before I start talking about those things, I did want to mention it's everything that I'm talking about, I would like for you to do what is right for you. I by no means can envision what is going to be right for everyone and every human design and how every person's life is the construct and constraints that may be on your life can vary so differently so fit these as you can into your own life but I am hoping that it's helpful Okay, a couple of other things that I do are five-minute cleanups. I think I've talked about this before. There are some chores and tasks in life that get to get done that I am not particularly enthralled by. Cleaning would be top of the list. Um, As much as I really like and value a clean space, um, as you can imagine with somebody that has ADD, I do start and stop a lot of cleaning projects midway and that can lead to a lot of excess waste if I leave something open that should be that should remain wet or I leave something open and it someone you know with furry paws tumbles over it and then I've got to clean up the cleaning supplies which turns into irony. So I've been doing five minute cleanups and I tackle a different space each day. Um, once upon a time I used to go through the effort of selecting a song and doing it to the length and duration of a song. I lately haven't even had the capacity to choose a song. I get all um, caught up in selecting the song and making sure that I have enough um, phone battery or computer battery or whatever and all all the complications that came with me for selecting the song or the podcast or whatever have actually led to a barrier for me to embrace that. So maybe that's something that goes on for you. So what I've been just doing now is on my homepage of my phone, I just set a timer. And I'm just going to iron it out with a, with a timer. I found that I was actually spending more time selecting like a video or a podcast or um, music than it would have taken me to complete the task and the energy as well. So in this state, I've been doing a lot more of just, I've got five minutes, I'm going to do it. I'm going to hammer it out. I'm going to organize it and then I'm going to move on to the next space. I do... Um, a minimum of one space a day, just five minutes, you'd be surprised what all you can do in five minutes. And it doesn't have to be perfect. There are some days where my vacuum is not charged and sweeping up your Bethes hair is just not going to happen from the space. And I get to honor that, that I don't get to vacuum it up. I can sweep instead. If I can't figure out what I did with the broom or my roommates moved the broom or whatever that may look like, then I will just use these dry scrubs. But she does have hair all over the place. She's she's a fun little fluffy thing. And so I'll set a five minute 
timer to clean that or to like my bathroom in particular I like to be very conscientious about the sinks and things because I don't want different types of bugs that can be vectors for disease you know breeding in standing water and things like that so I'm very conscientious about that so the five minute timer can be really helpful and you can use it to tackle so many different things like we tackled the refrigerator a week or two ago we tackled the pantry the week before that I did a huge overhaul of my living space which I think I talked about in an earlier podcast episode because I was in my environment and I was like this is not serving me I'm going to you know, transmute all of this stuff and transform the space into a space that is a lot more functional for me. And it has felt so much better in there. I'm so much more productive in there. And I feel that's a huge component of it too. When you are having trouble with sleep or having trouble with energy, if you feel like your space is draining you, figuring out how to recharge that space can be really helpful. And I once interviewed um, someone who... I believe she's, her formal title is a professional organizer. I think we've had her in a couple of episodes here. She's definitely in some of my private programs um, at length. We do um, have her talk about how your space and decluttering and the effect of objects weighing down on you, especially if you do have chronic fatigue or any level of autoimmunity. So, Activating that transformation of moving the items and getting rid of things can be really helpful and it can be a small five-minute cleanup session. Think about that consistently over a week, over a month, over three months, over six months. It's incredible what that five minutes can do. Um, And then there's another little hack that involves the number five that I really like to do and it is a countdown. And I've been doing this for a very long time. There are a few people who have recently made it more popularized on media, which is great, Um, like motivational interviewers. I can't remember their names right now, but it's become more commonplace. But I've been doing this five countdown session for a very long time because when I was a little girl, there would just be things that I did not want to do. Like I did not want to pick up the family dog's poo. I did not want to do my chores. I had a whole slew of chores that I was responsible for. And so I would be like, all right, I'm going to start in five, four, three, two, one. And then I'd take off and start working on it. And I think a component of it, honestly, is when I was in track and field, um, in middle school and elementary school, I was in track and field and doing some of the high jumps and being a relay race runner and a sprinter, it was imperative that you get prepared at the start of the countdown. So I don't know, maybe maybe some of that has something to do with it. But there's a mentality around it, a psychological mechanism that's activated when you count yourself down. And we count down everybody else around us, right? How many times have you count down your kids or I my nephew, I've counted down my nephew so many times. All right, we're going to start in five. And it changes things when you put that urgency on it. Um, But it's also nice that at the end of the day, if if it's not perfect, that's okay. You can forgive that. Um, And that would be the next thing. If you do implement the countdown or if you do implement any of these recommendations that I've made, what I've been really getting clear clarity on is something that used to burden me when I was younger, it now has come back and I get to rework it is that it, 
it's okay that it's not perfect. I created this whole new handout and I'm really excited about it for a patient of mine and I decided to print out 10 copies because I have the file open. Why not print 10 copies for my folders? If you're a patient of mine, know all about my folders. And I then am rereading it and I'm like, oh no, there's a typo in here. I used the wrong two. And it's because sometimes I audio to text, which is another hack that maybe might be helpful for you if you're having trouble typing or sometimes for me, it's my fingers and joints. Um, They deserve a break because I do so much with my hands. Um, So sometimes it's nice to give them a reprieve and I do audio to text and then I edit the text or I have an assistant edit the text. And in this case... It wasn't an assistant, it was me. I overlooked two and two that the audio to text transcribed, and then I printed 10 copies of it. So then I was like, you know what? I'm not going to waste the paper and whatever. I'm just going to edit it out. And it was all well. And I just get to give myself grace about the fact that I did that and it's not all a waste. Um, So it, it doesn't all have to look perfect. Do what is right for you. Set a timer for five minute cleanups or five minutes that you're going to work on something that you really detest doing. Count yourself down if that's helpful and you can actually say it or you can ground it with your hands because I um, also know sign language. I just spend a fair amount of time um, sometimes on just doing the hand gestures to get myself ready. And think about what actions you can take consistently to complete your tasks and make progress on the goals that you have set. Those are my simple tips to being productive with chronic fatigue, making sure, oh, the very first one that I overlooked is celebrating yourself, and it may look like a high five. Well, there's lots of fives um, in this podcast episode today. Maybe five is significant for us. So all in all, just know that you're not alone. We're all going through it. I'm in a resurgence, which is quite new for me. Um, And give yourself some grace. It's still incredible what all we accomplish. Sometimes we're so hard on ourselves and we get to take a step back and just celebrate how much we are still doing, even though it may not be at the caliber that we are used to. And it's okay. Validate that for yourself. Thank you for being here. Thank you for getting up and greeting the morning. See you in the next episode. Hi there. Thanks for tuning in. Let us know what you think of the show by writing a review in iTunes. If you screenshot before submitting, before it gets lost in the abyss for review, and send to us at drlilyhartwell at gmail.com, we'll send you a free guided breathwork. May you go on with your day in joy.